WBUR Podcasts, Boston. Think about a time somebody showed you kindness. Did it inspire you to show kindness back? Or maybe to pay it forward and show kindness to someone else? Scientists have proven that kindness is actually contagious. As we'll hear in today's story, kindness spreads from a humble farmer to a mysterious visitor, then back again. I'm Rebecca Shear, and welcome to Circle Round, where story time happens all the time. Today, our story is called The Valley Visitor. It was inspired by tales from China, the largest country in East Asia. Some really great people came together to bring you our version of this story, including Elsa Chang, an award-winning journalist whom you NPR fans will recognize as the co-host of All Things Considered. So circle around, everyone, for the Valley Visitor. Maylene and her grandfather lived in a wide valley surrounded by mountains. Their little wooden house was the only abode for miles and miles, and beyond its plank wood fence was a patchwork of fields where Maylene and grandfather grew crops. Or where they tried to grow crops anyway. It hadn't rained all summer long, so the soil was dry and crumbly, and the fields were all but bare, save for a few scraggly weeds. Snaking through Maylene and Grandfather's Valley was a fast-running river. Winding alongside the river was a ribbon of dirt road. People rarely came down the river or the road, so Maylene was surprised when, early one morning, she was awoken by a curious sound. Are those hoofbeats I hear in the distance? We get so few travelers passing through this valley, I wonder who it could be. She quickly got dressed and ran out to the plankwood fence. Coming down the road was a traveler, and he was unlike any traveler Maylene had seen before. I see a man on a horse, and he's dressed from head to toe in yellow. He's also holding a big yellow umbrella over his head, though it isn't raining. How curious. But things got even more curious as the man and horse drew closer. Because as Maylene got a better look, she realized that the horse wasn't just any horse. Instead, it's a golden horse, shimmering and and glimmering in the sun. And it isn't covered with hair like other horses are. This one's covered with scales. Maylene watched mesmerized as the golden horse and yellow-clad rider cantered toward her house. When they reached the gate, The man in yellow smiled, revealing a pointy set of bright white teeth. Good morning. I have been riding around for quite some time, and I'd love to take a rest. Might you have some food you could share? Maylene knew that thanks to her fallow fields, the kitchen had been near empty all summer. But she was too kind-hearted to turn her visitor away. I would be happy to share with you, sir. My grandfather, he's sleeping inside, so if you don't mind waiting in the yard, I'll bring something out. 
The man tethered his horse to the fence and, yellow umbrella in hand, crossed through the gate into the yard. Maylene, meanwhile, rushed to the kitchen and rummaged through the drawers and cupboards. She managed to scrounge up a handful of noodles then brought them outside. The man in yellow put down his umbrella and slurped up the noodles with a grin. These noodles hit the spot. Thank you, miss. I appreciate your kindness. Now, how can I repay you? Maylene shook her head. Oh, there's no need to repay me. I just wish I could have shared more than a few measly noodles. The truth is, it's been a tough summer. With, with so little rain, the soil in our fields has been all dry and crumbly, and we can hardly grow a thing. I'm sorry to hear that. But I promise, someday I will return the kindness. Someday soon. For now, farewell. The man gave Maylene a low bow, then walked back toward his horse. As he passed through the gate, Maylene couldn't help but notice that he turned his yellow umbrella upside down. He flipped it right side up again once he reached the road. Then he hopped onto his golden-scaled steed and galloped off toward the mountains. As Maylene watched him ride away, she thought about what a strange visit it had been. Little did she know... Things were about to get stranger, because when the man and his horse reached the foot of the mountains, do you know what happened? They lifted off the ground and began floating into the air. And now they're flying up the mountainside towards the rain clouds that are gathering at the top. They're flying higher and higher, and, and now they're gone. Oh, I can't wait to tell Grandfather about this. About what, my child? Maylene spun around, and there was Grandfather, blinking his bespectacled eyes in the summer sun as he shuffled out of the house. Grandfather, I must tell you what just happened. I can't make heads or tails of it. As Maylene shared the story of her encounter with the man in yellow and his golden-scaled horse, Grandfather's wrinkled face crinkled into a grin. His eyes twinkled behind his spectacles. What do you make of it, Grandfather? Who do you think that man was? I actually know who the man was, Granddaughter. You just received a visit from the Yellow Dragon. The Yellow Dragon? Wow, you've told me stories about him. He's the powerful spirit who controls time, right? And all the seasons. But that man, he did not look like a dragon to me. That's because he was appearing in his earthly form. He was dressed all in yellow, yes? Yes. And he was riding his golden dragon horse? Maylene thought back to the horse's glittering scales. Oh, I suppose he was riding his golden dragon horse. But wait a minute, what about the umbrella? The yellow dragon was holding a big yellow umbrella. And before he left, when he crossed through our gate, he turned the umbrella upside down. Grandfather stroked his whiskery chin. Hmm. That one I'm not sure about. But it seems like some sort of sign. A good sign, I think. But we should go inside, Maylene. See those storm clouds gathering over the mountain? 
They're spreading across the valley like spilled ink. Looks like some much-needed rain is on its way. And indeed, it was. The moment Maylene and Grandfather stepped inside, there was a crash of thunder. And the storm clouds unleashed a downpour. The walls of the little wooden house rattled as gusts of wind howled across the valley. Sheets of rain pounded the roof, and streaks of lightning zigzagged and crackled across the sky. Maylene and Grandfather stood huddled by the window, and as yet another dazzling bolt lit up the valley below, Maylene pointed toward the river. Grandfather, look at the river that runs through the valley. See how high it's rising? Dear me. I've never seen it gush and swell like this. If the storm doesn't let up soon, the water will overflow the banks. But Grandfather, if the water overflows, then the valley will flood. And our little wooden house will flood too, if not get swept away completely. We'll just have to wait and see, Maylene. Wait and see and hope. Will the river overflow and flood the valley? If so, what will become of Maylene and Grandfather? We'll find out what happens after a quick break. Welcome back to Circle Round. I'm Rebecca Shear. Today our story is called The Valley Visitor. the break, Maylene shared the last of her noodles with a mysterious visitor dressed in yellow. Before he and his golden-scaled horse disappeared into the storm clouds, he had turned his yellow umbrella upside down, then right side up again. Grandfather told Maylene the visitor was actually the yellow dragon, the spirit who controls time and the seasons. Shortly after his departure, a vicious storm rolled in and raged all day long and well into the night. Somehow, despite the roaring thunder, whistling wind, and driving rain, Maylene and Grandfather managed to fall asleep. When they awoke the next morning, they were pleased to discover the storm had passed. All was quiet, and rays of warm sunshine streamed through the windows of their little wooden house by the river. And what's more, the house is dry, Maylene. It didn't flood or float away. Which is pretty amazing, considering what it looks like outside. The entire valley is covered with water. Grandfather fiddled with his spectacles as he peered out the window. Goodness gracious, it is covered with water. It looks more like an ocean than a valley. It's flooded completely. And yet our house is completely dry, Grandfather. In fact... Maylene's jaw dropped. Our yard is dry, too. Great heavens, you're right. The floodwaters go right up to our plank wood fence. Then they stop, just like that. As if they're held back by an invisible wall. But, Grandfather, we just lived through a storm so powerful, the river overran its banks and flooded our valley. And yet, our house and our yard are not the least bit wet. 
That's impossible. It's like the whole world has turned upside down. It's, it's, it's... Wait a minute. Maylene's eyes grew bright. What was it that you said yesterday, Grandfather? When I told you the yellow dragon turned his umbrella upside down as he passed through our gate? I said it might be a sign. Yes, a good sign. And now look, our house and and our yard have been spared from the flood. So you were right. Except... Meline's voice trailed off. Her shoulders slumped. Except what, Meline? What is it? Well, even if the yellow dragon was kind enough to spare our house from the flood and our yard, what about our fields? I mean, you said it yourself, Grandfather. The valley looks more like an ocean. How will we ever get our crops to grow now? Well, to be fair, our crops weren't exactly growing like gangbusters before. But let's wait for the floodwaters to recede. Then we'll see what happens. Over the days that followed, Maylene and Grandfather watched as the water outside shrank from an ocean to a lake to a pond to a puddle. And when the fields were once again clear, and Maylene and Grandfather went out to check on them, they were wonderstruck. Wow! Because spread out as far as their astonished eyes could see were plants, thriving, flourishing crops sprouting from the rich, moist earth and stretching up toward the sky. So, what happened to the dry, crumbly soil, barren save for a few scraggly weeds? Well... The river had overflowed its banks, right? And when a river overflows like that, it takes all the stuff it's been carrying downstream and dumps it onto the surrounding land. So all the sand, the silt, and most importantly, all the minerals and nutrients, they get absorbed into the earth. As a result, when the floodwaters subside, the soil is healthier and more fertile than ever. So that's why the yellow dragon flooded our fields, to save them. He did say he wanted to return my kindness. And now he has. Now he has. From then on, Maylene and Grandfather never had to worry about fallow fields again. I'm pleased to say that their crops were healthy and their bellies were always every bit as full as their hearts. Now it's your turn. You can commit to showing kindness by making your own kindness chain. Here's what you'll need. Colorful construction paper, scissors, markers or colored pencils, and tape. First, have a grown-up help you cut the construction paper into strips, about two inches thick. On each strip, write down one kindness commitment, an action you can commit to doing to make the world a kinder place. Examples might include being more patient with a sibling or friend, helping out around the house, or donating books or clothing to a charity. When you're done, take all of your strips and tape them into a long paper chain. Hang your kindness chain somewhere you can see it. As a reminder that every time you decide to be kind, 
it can lead to other acts of kindness and make our homes, communities, and world even more beautiful places to be. This week's episode, The Valley Visitor, was adapted by me, Rebecca Shear. It was edited by Sophie Codner. Our original music and sound design is by Eric Shimalonis. Our artist is Sabina Hahn. Sabina has drawn a black and white picture for all of our Circle Round stories, and you can print them out and color them in. Grown-ups, visit our website, wbor.org slash circle round, and click on coloring pages. Special thanks to this week's actors, Theodore Chin, Ryan DeLusung, and Elsa Chang. NPR fans, you can hear Elsa Chang weekday afternoons as the co-host of All Things Considered. Our featured instrument this week was the Baowu. You can learn more about this Chinese wind instrument and see a photo of Eric Shimalonis playing one on our website. Again, that's wbur.org slash circle round. And while you're at wbur.org slash circle round, you can check out our upcoming live shows, order our circle round picture books, and support our public radio podcast by joining the Circle Round Club. To show our thanks, we'll send you a welcome box with all sorts of goodies, plus weekly activity emails, monthly newsletters, and early access to Circle Round events, both live and virtual. You can also get ad-free episodes, bite-sized bedtime stories, music education videos, even a personalized birthday message from me. Visit WBUR.org slash Circle Round and click Circle Round Club. Grown-ups, if you enjoy Circle Round, please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really does help. We also invite you to tell your friends about the show and talk about us on social media. Our handle on Instagram and Facebook is at Circle Round Podcast. Circle Round is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR news station. I'm Rebecca Shear. Thanks for circling round with us. Now that you've made it to the end of this Circle Round episode, we want to know, what's your favorite Circle Round story? Thousands of fans just like you have been telling us about the Circle Round stories they like best. Take a listen. Maybe one of their favorites is one of yours, too. My name is Clara, and I live in Randstein, Germany. My favorite story is the starfruit tree. My favorite part is when Kim meets the talking raven. My name is Penelope, and I live in Chicago. And my favorite Circle Round is Barry Dreyer, because I like the part where Jasper and Jarvis do hard work. I'm Wesley. I live in Chicago. My favorite circle round is the magic cloth. I like the part where the cloth gets back. My name is Clara, and I live in Austin, Texas. And my favorite circle round story is the three-legged pot. And my favorite part is when the pot gives them all the stuff from their brother's house. Hi, my name is Hazel. I live in Tacoma, Washington, and my favorite Sukumon story is the basilisk there. And my favorite part is when the basilisk turns into stone. Hello, my name's Elise. I live in Buffalo, New York, and my favorite Sukumon story is the bird of a different feather. I like when Guinea Fowl says, What? My name's Ice, and I live in Buffalo, and my favorite Sukumon story is the magpie song on the And my favorite part is when the magpie wishes whatever he wants. Bye bye, see you soon, look, stick around. I love you.
Did someone mention a story you've missed? Not to worry. Grown-ups, you can find all of our Circle Round stories, plus links to the Circle Round Club, picture books, coloring pages, and oh so much more on our website, wbur.org slash circle round. <laughs>